Well, I just have to say happy birthday, Jim. It's, it's awesome just being married to you. You know, I just want you to know he's not perfect, but he is amazing. And, you know, we're, we're not, I'm not perfect, but, you know, being able to walk through life both endeavoring to walk in love with each other makes all the difference in the world. If you have one person trying to walk in love and the other person not walking in love, it makes it a lot harder. So when you have two people that are imperfect, willing to overlook the faults of the other person, it makes it a lot easier to go through life. And God created, this isn't even my sermon, but God created people to complement one another not to be the same. So if your spouse isn't the same as you, you are in luck because you didn't need another of you. You needed somebody different. <laughs> you needed somebody that complements your weaknesses. And so they come in with their strength. But if you start putting that person down because they don't have your strength, then, well, what's the point of having you if they're supposed to be you? So enjoy the differences that people have. You know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, and that's so important that we look at people. You know, sometimes it's so easy to get offended, to get hurt, to get upset over different things, and you're not supposed to be getting upset. You're supposed to be relishing how their strength is complementing what you don't bring to the table. If everybody brought the same thing to the table, you know, it would be very bland. It would be boring. But God instead has put different things in each and every one of us for a purpose and for a reason. So enjoy the differences. Celebrate those differences. It, it, you know, um, surround yourself with people that are different. That's important because they're going to bring us perspective that you don't already have. All right, so now here's what I'm really going to talk about. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about being passionate for God. Passionate about God. You know, uh, it is, you cannot be stagnant as a Christian. There's just no way possible to be stagnant. You're either pushing forward in your walk with God, or you are going backwards. There's not this middle ground. There's not, it, it's so easy. If you think you're just standing, it, it's not, you're, you're in a river, or however you want to say it, and it's going to start pushing you backwards. And you can see that. Just look if you stop going to church, or if you stop reading your Bible, or if you stop doing different things, what's the natural thing to start happening? You're not thinking about God as much. You're, you're passion starts to wane. So I want us to look at Revelation 3, 16. It says, So then, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Now the beauty of reading through the New Testament with the youth is that all these verses keep coming back to your mind. So we just read Revelation last, uh, last month in October. And so the thing about this is uh, John was speaking with the angel, was showing him, and this was about a church. And they, he was condemning the church that they weren't hot, but they weren't cold. They were just kind of stagnant. And stagnant is not the state that God wants you in. He wants you to pick a side. Are you in or are you out? And he wants you to be in. 
Because if you're in, then he can use you and he can have you being a part of what he's doing. You can never earn your salvation. That's already been bought, paid for. We're not saying that, oh, I have to do works in order to earn God's love for me. That's not how things operate at all. But because of his love for you, you in turn want to bless him and want to be a part of what he's doing. And so that's how we look at this. There's, you know, some people are saying, well, you're just preaching works. No, it's not works for the sake of salvation, but the Bible does talk about if I have faith, I will show you my works. I will show you because if you're passionate about something, you're going to do something. You're not going to just sit on the sideline. You're going to run after it. So let's look at Acts 4, 23, 24. Uh, this is talking about Peter and John. They just healed a man, and people got upset about it because they were preaching Jesus. And so people got upset, got them in trouble, told them, don't ever preach in that name again. And you know what? Peter and John could have stopped right there. But instead, what did they do? After being berated and, you know, uh, told never to do this again, what did they do? They went to their own company. Let's read this. And being let go, they went to their own companions. And uh, I think the King James Version says they went to their own company. I love that. And reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them, so, that, uh, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. They began to praise God together with fellow believers, with people that thought the same way, that believed the same, that were excited about God. They went to that and they joined together and guess what ended up happening? Let's look at uh, Acts 4, 29 through 31. Now, Lord, look on their threats. They begin to pray about the situation and grant to your servants, servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Listen to this. And when they had prayed, Together with their company, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You know, when you are passionate about something, you get a little bit of a, of a pep in your step. You're like, okay, I've got this. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to go after something. When you are doing that, you tend to have more boldness. When you're not sure about something and when you're like passive about something, you tend to be like, well, I don't want to shake anything. I don't want to, you know, make ripple the water or anything. You tend to st take steps back. But when you are with a bunch of people and you know God is at your back, it doesn't make you want to sit back. It makes you want to run. <laughs> it makes you want to go after the things of God. And so the purpose of the local church is to keep you on fire. <laughs> you know, you are supposed to be on fire. It's to keep you from fading in with your uh, fading in your walk with God. It's to cause you to want to run your race. 
You know, it's easy to let distractions creep in when you are not in church. Other things start to become more and more important. Work becomes more important. Family, activities, money, pleasure, all these things begin to become more and more important the further that you are away from the things of God. And so what happens is if you are stagnant, you're going to start taking steps backward. Again, back to what we're saying on that. So uh, the devil is going to help you get distracted too. He's not going to be like, oh, you're serving God. Oh, no. Well, I can't do anything about it. No, he's going to go after you with distractions to try to get you to uh, step back in your relationship with God. Um, he wants you to yield to all those fleshly desires that sometimes come to you. You know, have you ever had that morning, well, Sunday, where it was raining like crazy, and you're just like, oh, gosh, my bed sounds so good. <laughs> have you ever enjoyed just sleeping in the rain? Yes, it's such a soothing, nice sound. And so those kind of things can all of a sudden sound more important than getting up showering, getting all the kids ready, and getting out the door to go to church, you know? So you're sleepy, or maybe an event is scheduled for that exact same time as church, you know? Uh, isn't that just convenient? Don't you just love all the family events that are scheduled at 10 or 11 o'clock on Sunday morning? You're like, could you just schedule it at, a, at 1? It's no problem. I can get there without a problem. But no, I can't tell you how many times I hear people have scheduled family events during church. Well, that means your whole family can't go to church. It's not just you that's not going, it's the whole family. And so it's things like that that the devil will do his best to go and cause distractions. He'll, he'll tell you, oh, you can't go to church, it's a school night. Well, hello, every Wednesday is a school night. <laughs> it's just the way that it works. But you know what? I grew up, I have no, no sympathy. I grew up going to church every Wednesday night and graduated valedictorian of my class. So you cannot tell me that you're going to, I, this is a spunky part that he's talking about, okay? <laughs> but you know, sometimes as a pastor, I'm just like, so what, what do you think? My kids are gonna be failing school because they're here on Wednesday night? All right, so off of that soapbox, we're going to go on. But I'm just telling you there are distractions, and they're on purpose, and they're not just, um, just your thoughts. You're having supernatural help to get you to think certain things and to get off. And so we got to keep moving. These thoughts are not blatant, but they're subtle. You know, you, you don't think that whatever it is is more important than God, that thought comes um, that you need to be going to work. You know, that's just the way it is. I have work. That sounds, you know, innocent. But if you're not careful, that work is now more important than God. And you have to be aware. Sports are not more important than God. And yet, how many people all around the United States do not go to church on Sunday because of sports? 
And I don't say that to, to put anyone down or anything, but look where the United States has he headed. Look what has happened since now sports are on every single Sunday. And people that love God have stepped out of, uh, you know, they've made the cho choice between sports and church, and what did they choose? They, cho they chose sports. And so we have to be careful. We cannot be deceived what is vying for our attention, what is trying to be our passion. Um, you know, people have all sorts of passions. You see it all the time. There are people that aren't saved. They're still passionate. They're passionate about all sorts of different things. You can be passionate about politics, different kinds of causes, again, sports, shopping, eating, work. There's all sorts of things you can be passionate about. You know, and you spend a lot of time, money, effort, energy on all those kind of things. The things that you're passionate about, you're going to put your effort into. You're going to put your money into. You're going to make sure. You know, I want my kids to have everything possible for them so that they can have the best future available. But I'm going to do it at the expense of church. So we have to be careful when we're saying some of these different things because we want different results than what the world is getting with their children. We, and if we're going to do different results, we're going to have to make different choices. That's just the way it is. Um, how can you build your passion for God? You know, because that's what we're talking about. We want to be passionate about God. How are ways that we can do that? Go to church. That's a huge thing right there. Just go to church. That's huge because when you're there, you're around people who love God. You're around people that are sincere, that genuinely want to serve him and walk in love. You know, church is one of the most loving places, ideally. Sometimes, you know, there's bickering that goes on because we start looking at people's weaknesses instead of their strengths. But ideally, church is one of those atmospheres where you are the most connected with people and you love people because you know what? You see the potential. You see in them what God sees in them. And then you're passionate about it. And you pray for each other. And you encourage one another. And so church is so important. So another way to build our passion for God is to pray. Read your Bible. Think about him. This is huge. Be thankful. We are in a, uh, a society that is always negative, you know? It's always what this other person is doing wrong and how this is not right. And I, it is so easy to find the wrong in something, you know? Just the negative of something. It does not take anything. I told my kids this um, years ago. I'm like, you know what? It doesn't take much to be negative. But it sure takes a lot of effort and a lot of self-control to make yourself find the good. Find what's, what's good in people. Find, you know, find what's, what you like instead of always what is wrong. You know, I can go and rip something apart with no problem at all, but how, is that really helping is that really helping? If I, if I go and I rip a, a school apart and say they're doing this and they're doing that and they're doing all, all that, everybody knows what's wrong. So what do we do to be right? You know, I've decided sometimes that, you know, I'm going to be on their side. 
I'm just going to be on their side. I'm just going to believe the best. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be like, you know what, because they don't want to hear from me if I'm just another negative person, just telling them all the time what's wrong. But if I am genuinely on their side and then occasionally say something, hey, I'm not comfortable with this, that's a lot different than when I'm saying every single, I'm the person that's in the principal's office saying, I didn't like this, I don't like this, I didn't, you know, we want to be looking for opportunities to be thankful. Because when you're thankful, it, the, it's God. God is positive. He is loving. He is kind. And so as we're thankful, that develops a passion on the inside of you because it takes God to see good. It takes God focusing on him to look for things that are good. Tell him you love him all day long. Every time that something comes up, you know, I, I have to say I haven't just naturally done it. That's something that is work to just keep that mindset. Like, God, I just love you. I thank you you love me. I love you. You know, something happens. Okay. I thank you you love me. I love you. (laughs) You There's sometimes you're like, really? It, It takes effort. It takes energy to go and do that. But as you do that, you are developing a passion. You know, there are people that have trained and trained. I mean, hey, we have Tom Brady. Okay, if we want to look at somebody who has really spent a lot of his life and his passion, what, what do you think he likes to do with his spare time? Huh? Any guesses? <laughs> Maybe football? <laughs> Something he likes to do. He enjoys it. It's, he doesn't want to quit. The guy wants to play football professionally into his 50s. Hello, it's never been heard of. What is, what does, uh, what's that, something that consumes him? Is football. We want to get to that point where what, that we're so consumed with the things of God that it's all we think about. Because you know what? When we're so consumed with God, guess what happens? We have joy. We have peace. We are full of love. We can give love to others, and it stirs up a desire in us to share that love with other people, to give them that same hope, that same love. You know, there's so many scriptures that I could give you, but um, I'll just do this one. Colossians 3.23, and we'll end with this because we are going to have fun with cupcakes next. So... All right, so Colossians 3, 23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. So everything that we are doing all day long, if, if we want to have a passion about something, everything that we're doing, we're doing it with the mindset, I'm doing this for him. I'm doing this for God. I'm not doing this for myself. I'm not doing it for my boss. I'm not doing it for my husband. I'm not doing it for my children. I may be walking in love with my husband. I, and especially, you know, there are just times where, you know, you don't see eye to eye. Hello, that's just part of life. So you choose to walk in love with your spouse, not for your spouse's sake, 
and not even for your sake. You are doing it because you love God. And you are so consumed and passionate about God that every choice that you're making, dealing with people, you're doing it the way that God wants you to do it because you love him. And why do you love him? Because he loved you. He turned your world around. His ways are higher. You know, there's just times where it seems like, you know, uh, it's, it's hard sometimes to do things the way it seems like it would be hard. Sometimes it's easier to just want to let something rip out of your mouth that isn't loving and kind and positive. You know, you just want to say it as it is. <laughs> but the love of God, when you are passionate for him, when you are like, okay, not my will, but your will be done, you choose to bite your tongue as hard as it is. And sometimes, you know, you may even have spot on your tongue because you bit so hard. <laughs> because it took a lot of self-control not to say what you wanted to say. You know, and so, but that's how things work. When we are passionate about God, we just believe, okay, Lord, your word says this, I believe it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna sti stick with that. I'm not gonna believe my feelings right now. I'm not gonna believe anything else. I'm gonna follow you. And so I just wanna encourage everyone this week, Look for ways to develop that passion. You, you don't have to be perfect at it even. And guess what? This, I will do one more scripture because this, this is so, so good. All right. Thank you for being with me, helping me out. All right. Philippians 2.13. Just look at this because you know what? We're reading Philippians right now. And guess what we read yesterday? Philippians 2. So I actually had a lot of Philippians um, scripture so, for tonight, but we'll just stick with this one. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And you know what that means? It is God that will help you to want to live for him. He's going to help you to want to do what he wants you to do. And then the amazing thing about it is he is going to give you what it takes to do it. He's not expecting you to be this amazing he, he created you with gifts, but he's going to come in and take those gifts and then make them that much more. You know, like when you play video games and you do this like super power pack. I'm not very good at video games and I can't even tell you any right now off the top of my head because that's just not my thing. But I listen to my kids. So anyways, so there's this thing that you can sometimes you can push a button and it just makes you go in Mario Kart because I do play Mario Kart. Anyone play Mario Kart? Okay, so you push this thing and it makes you speed off and you like get to beat everybody else. It's like this bullet or something, I think, if I remember right. So, yeah, yeah. So you go and you get ahead of everybody else and all you had to do is push a button, right? So that's how it is with God. He takes <laughs> our driving ability, which may not be great because a lot of times I fall off. But every time, every once in a while, I get this little bullet, and then it makes me shoot past everybody else. And it's awesome. And there are times that I even win. <laughs> and it's because of the bullet. <laughs> so I say all that to say God's amazing. 
Why wouldn't we want to be passionate about him? Why wouldn't we want to live for him? Because he will give us the bullet, and then we win. 